0: Bibles, and remain standing to read two verses, Hebrews 10, verse 24. And while you're turning, last Wednesday night, we continued on exposing cultural lies. I'll tell you, the attendance on Wednesday nights uh, has been something. And that CD is available. We dealt with the, the issue of homosexuality straight out of Romans 1, and I'll tell you, you could have heard a pin drop on a shag carpet. You Remember that shag carpet? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This Wednesday night, I'm going to be talking about politically incorrect, politically incorrect. And I'm going to be talking about the scourge, the curse of political correctness, how it is muzzling the church, what it is, how it came about, and what we need to do about it to resist it. Believe me, political correctness has muzzled you, and you need to hear this. Wednesday night, political incorrectness, politically incorrect. Now, Hebrews ten twenty four. this is a good one. The apostle writes, and let us give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another studying how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not stay away from church meetings. Can we say that together, everybody? Let us not stay away from church meetings, as is the habit of some, but comfort each other, encourage each other, as you see the day of Christ's return coming near. Amen. Father, I thank you today for your word. I pray you'll bless it to our hearts. And thank you, Lord, for an ever-increasingly and increasingly strong family of believers who are seeking you with all their heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them don't give up on church. I want to call this today why Satan doesn't want you in church. Why Satan does not want you in church. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, I'm here. Who are you talking to? I am bringing this message based on the revelation of Scripture that we have an enemy. We have an enemy that the Bible calls Satan, the devil, the thief. Jesus said about him, he has come only to steal and to kill and destroy. And just because we're saved doesn't mean we no longer deal with him or that he no longer deals with us. No. Contrary, he deals with believers all the time. And I believe one of his great efforts is to get believers out of fellowship. And I think that we need to understand why God gave the local church. And so I am sharing this message fully aware that though you're in church today, the wolves are always circling the wagon. And I know many, many people who are not in church anymore. They've gotten out of church. And I'm preaching in hopes that you grab this CD and take it to one of them, or they hear it on the radio when it airs on the radio, or the word just gets out that Pastor Jeff preached on why Satan doesn't want you in church, because I assure you, Satan doesn't want you in church. Now, I can think of a few churches he'd probably be glad to lead you to, but that is not my topic today. My topic today is if it's a Bible-preaching, Jesus-worshiping church, Satan doesn't want you in that church. Satan doesn't want you in church. I believe that every person who gets saved needs to come directly into the fellowship of a New Testament church. It says that when the New Testament church exploded in the first century, when Peter preached that message that brought 3,000 to Christ and then 4,000 later, it says in the book of Acts... And the Lord added, the Lord added to the church, the local church at Jerusalem, daily, every day, those who were being saved. What did Jesus do with those who got saved? He led them into a local church. He put them in church. Now as I read my Bible, it's very clear to me, a genuine salvation experience should be followed by regular church attendance. That's the norm. That's what God intended. There are far too many in our day floating Christians who, as the great preacher Charles Spurgeon said, are birds of passage which build their nests nowhere. The first thing that happened to me after I gave my heart to Jesus was I got involved in a local fellowship. I got to tell you, I couldn't have made it without it. When I got saved and I fully yielded my life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit immediately led me to a local fellowship. As a matter of fact, people came knocking on my apartment door out of the blue, people who I had known years before and who had been in the drug culture with me. And they invited me to a local assembly. I had no, listen, you're looking at somebody who was utterly, totally, biblically illiterate. I did not know that I should be in local church. I didn't know that I should be under the preaching and teaching of the Word. I didn't know that I should be in fellowship. I didn't know that I should be reading my Bible all the time. I had no idea of even the basic basics of Christianity. But the Holy Ghost was faithful to lead somebody to my door, and they invited me to a local fellowship. And it was there that God began to deal with my life. It was there that I learned to worship the Lord. It was there that I learned to love the Word of God. It was in that fellowship That I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was there that I discovered my gift and my calling to teach and to preach the Word of God. It was there that I made new friends, the friends that I desperately needed to make the break from my old friends. When I look back, I'm very aware, folks, that I could never have made it without the ministry of the local church. I want to tell you unequivocally if you're a child of God, God wants you in a local church. He doesn't want you floating hither and thither and yon. He wants you in a local church. He wants somebody to know your name, and He wants you to know the names of others. He wants you to make Christian friends. He wants you to get grounded in the Word of God. He wants you discovering your gift in that local church. He wants you contributing to that local church. He wants you to be a part of the growth of that local church. He has got a destiny for you and a purpose for you, and God has so designed that our destiny— and our purpose are often discovered within the context and the framework of the local church. Well, that's a that's a real week, amen. Are y'all alive today? I want to know if you're ticking. Is the is the is the heart ticking today? Yes. Now let me tell you why. God wants you in a local church. The idea of church and the purpose it serves reaches all the way back to the old testament. Moses told God's people gather the people together men and women and children and the stranger that is within your gates that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God. Where are they to learn these things hear these things learn to fear the Lord in the gathering of God's people. He says, And that they may learn and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. I'm going to tell you folks, the local church is the place where we get educated, where we learn to fear the Lord, where we learn to honor His Word. This is what is wrong with our culture. Our culture is coming apart at the seams because we have taken our children out of local church. We have taken the commandments off the school walls. We have blocked the Word from coming to them. And now we are in a spiritual meltdown. And the only answer, the only solution is a return to the Word of God to Jesus Christ, to God Almighty, and to honoring Him and learning to fear Him. And where does that happen? It happens within the confines of the local church. The Old Testament verses that I just read to you absolutely apply to the local church. We learn to fear the Lord here. We learn to, to honor Him, and our children learn it. Now, we've got wonderful attendance at TPC. I'm very thankful that of most of the members that we have, they are regular churchgoers. And so, again, I know that I'm preaching to the choir, but in America, in America, there seems to be, and this concerns me, I read about it. I talk to preachers. I read articles about it. There seems to be a growing indifference and an apathy among God's people who say that they're born again towards church attendance and public worship. Some of the people that I myself have encountered in this community over the years have said things like this. Well, I don't believe you have to go to church to be a Christian. Or I can worship God in my own way at home. We've got a little altar. We've got candles. We've got our little communion plate. And we can worship God in our own way at home as well as I can at church. Other people say the weather is too bad. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm glad I'm here today. Or they say that Sunday is their only day to sleep in. Others say they're just too busy. For many people, God's commandments are not a priority. Many would rather pursue other things than to discipline themselves to be faithful to God's house. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, folks, there are blessings that come to us. By coming to God's house, you're not going to get anywhere else. As a pastor of almost 25 years, I've been doing this almost 25 years, I can tell you that going to church never made anybody a Christian. I'll give you that. Going to church doesn't make anybody a Christian any more than putting you in a barn turns you into a chicken. But if you don't go to church faithfully, I can tell you, you will never be a successful Christian. You can and should worship God privately in your own house. You should. But you're robbing yourself of manifold blessings if you refuse to assemble with the Lord's people in public worship because there are things that happen here that aren't going to happen anywhere else. You cannot succeed as a Christian. You just can't do it. Running with the devil's crowd. It matters who you run with. It matters who you hang around with. It matters who your friends are. I just wrote a book on it. As believers, we need the Lord's church. And we need God's people as our companions. Amen? Amen. Now, I realize that there are times, before I jump into this message, I know there are times when you really can't make it. Employment doesn't let you make it. Sickness doesn't let you make it. Unforeseen circumstances don't let you make it to church. But I'm speaking in love today to encourage those who can make it but don't. Now, if I were the devil... If I were the devil and I was looking for a way to weaken God's children, get them off track, put out the fire of their first love, and ultimately was out to destroy their Christianity and their testimony, the first place I'd begin would be to get them out of church. I would go to get them out of church. Anybody knows the best way to put out a fire in a fireplace is to separate the logs. Separate the logs in a fireplace and before long they burn out because they burn best when they're together. They don't burn well at all when they're alone. The wolf pack following a herd of deer will patiently nip at the heels of the ones furthest back until finally one of them drops away from the herd. And once they're alone and isolated, the wolves move in and they are devoured. It is exactly the same with God's people. Satan wants to get you out of church. He wants to isolate you. He wants to move in, home in on you. He wants to get you discouraged, somehow get you out from the preaching of the Word and the fellowship of the saints, nipping at your heels all the time, until finally he can take you down and ruin your Christian walk and your testimony. Now I'm going to give you several reasons why Satan will resist and fight you to try to keep you from getting plugged into a local church. I'm going to show you why he fights you, distracts you, gets you too busy, tries to bring offenses on you, or a hundred other schemes designed to get you out of local church. When you leave today you're going to understand why people should faithfully go to church every time they're physically able. I believe we ought to be at church every time we are physically able. Here's the first one. Satan doesn't want you in church because it's a sign of your salvation. Satan doesn't want you in church because it's a sign that you've been saved. If you're a child of God who has been born of the Spirit, washed in the blood of the Lamb, and you're on your way to heaven, it is natural to want to associate with God's people in a local church setting. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, and some of you by radio are thinking this. Well, I know people who don't go to church anymore because of all the hypocrites, and that's why they don't go. And here's my answer to that. Yep, we are hypocrites, and we got room for one more. (laughs) Nobody is perfect. Nobody does everything just right. Nobody lives a perfect life, but God has still called us. He is still ministering to us. He is still calling us into the ministry of the local church we have been changed. We've been born again. And that is one of the reasons God wants us in the fellowship of the saints. I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about a name on a sign. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about God's people, God's saints, fellowshipping with those who have been saved just like you. Last night, Kathy and I were in uh, the hospital ministering to a family who had just lost a loved one. And while we were waiting for the elevator to come down, I saw a sign right next to this elevator that said, if you want to meet somebody who has been diagnosed just like you have with cancer, call this number. And I thought, wow, if you've been diagnosed, you want to talk to somebody who can understand what you're going through, what you're experiencing. Now flip that to the good side. If you've been born again, it's natural to want to talk to somebody who has had the same experience. God wants us ministering with the saints. It says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away and all things, can you say with me all things, all things are become new. You have become a new species of being that has never before been. God made a new creation of you. And so you know what? I want to meet people who have also fallen in love with Jesus. I want to meet with people who are fighting the same devil I am. I want to meet with people who understand what it is to make peace with God, who love the Lord, who love his word, who can't wait to worship him. I want to get around people like that. And that's why we go to church. It's a sign of our salvation. Before I was saved... You couldn't have dragged me to a church. I used to open up that black Bible, King James Version, all the wouldas and shouldas and couldas and these and thous. And I used to say, my Lord, I can't imagine a more boring book. I can't imagine anything more boring than reading this Bible. I would see people going to church, and I'd make fun of them. What a dreary life. Going in there and listening to some guy that doesn't hold my attention, listening to some boring sermon, and walking out again. Why even do it? But once I got saved, the things I used to hate, I loved. And the things I used to love, I started to hate. And I wanted to get in church. I couldn't wait to get to church. Man, once I got turned on to Jesus. I was the first one in the door and the last one to leave. I hated it when he put the guitar down and we weren't worshiping just one more time. I couldn't wait to get my hands up in the air. I could not wait to enjoy the presence of God. I salivated while I waited for the word of the Lord to be preached and taught. I could not get enough. I opened up that old boring King James Bible and it popped alive. And I read about my salvation. And I read about all that Jesus said and did. Walked on the water. Healed the sick raise the dead i read about there being no more condemnation to those who are in jesus christ i soaked up that i could not get enough i got another bible and another bible before long the book that i used to think was boring i had a stack of them (laughs) (laughs) now there's another reason satan doesn't want you in church And that's because God commands it. And Satan doesn't want you to obey God. Now let me read our opening text again. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of Jesus' return approaching. Now listen to me, church, faithful, consistent church attendance is required of God's people because God commanded it. And the last thing Satan wants you doing is obeying God because he knows if you obey God, it's going to bring a blessing on your life and he doesn't want you blessed because he's a thief. So he doesn't want you obeying God because he doesn't want you blessed. He knows if you get plugged into church, if you really get planted, you're going to be blessed. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Can you say with me? Flourish. Flourish. They will flourish in the house of my God. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. We come to church whether or not we feel like it. We come to church whether we've got a headache or not. We come to church whether it's raining or not. I've told you, if unless it is sleeting and I can't get there, or there is a flood in the highway and I can't make it, I'm going to be at church. You know why? Because this is where I'm going to get blessed. I don't care if I feel like it or not. I'm going to go to work if I don't feel like it. I'm going to punch that clock if I don't feel like it. There are things I'm going to do no matter how I feel because it's something I should do. Well, church, news flash. The Lord has said, don't forsake meeting together. Not because I want to h- harness you with some unreasonable command, but I want to bless you. And that's why I want you in local church. We should go to church, not because we feel like it, but because it's our responsibility to obey him. And Satan does not want us obeying God. But there's another reason Satan doesn't want us in church, because God is glorified when you go to church. The psalmist declared, I was glad. Can you say with me, I was glad. When they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Now, listen to David. I got glad. It just made me happy when somebody said, Hey, let's go to church. Some people say, Let's go to church. Oh, me. But people who are hungry, people who are in a church that ministers the word, people who are getting blessed in church, just say to them, Let's go to the house of the Lord. And they're glad joy and gladness ought to fill our hearts every time we anticipate going to God's house to worship him. It is a privilege. It is an honor. It is a wonderful liberty we've got to publicly assemble with the saints in the Lord's church for the purpose of worship. I wish we could tear the roof off knock the walls down when we're in the middle of worshiping and let the whole city see what it's like to lift their hands and worship the living God. i tell you, it's a privilege. Isn't it true that after dealing with the world all week, After the devil beating on you all week long in the world, it ought to encourage us at the very thought of getting into church and worshiping him and expressing our love and gratitude to God for who he is and what he has done. Because when you worship God, it encourages your spirit and it lifts your heart. And isn't that what we need? And that's why we need local church. When we engage in public worship, We're manifesting to other believers as well as to the lost world at large that Jesus is worthy of our highest praise and our highest dedication. That's why we go to church. You can worship the Lord at home. Sure you can. And you ought to. I do. But there is something about gathering with the saints. The minute that we lift our hands and we begin to worship God, strength comes into my heart. I I can be blue all week long and get into the presence of the saints and see them smiling, know that they're fighting the same devil I am, that they've got the same promises I do. And it lifts my heart and it encourages me. And this is why Satan doesn't want you and me in church. He wants us discouraged, disillusioned, and isolated and destroyed. And that's why you got to make up your mind. I don't care. Rain, sleet, hail, snow. If the postman can do it, I can get to church. Our attitude towards worshiping God with the saints of God ought to be this one that the psalmist said, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long Yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I'll shout joyfully to the living God. What joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Can somebody say amen? amen. Another reason Satan hates church-going Christians is that when we go to church, we're following the example of Jesus Christ. Did you know that? During the earthly life of Jesus Christ, he faithfully attended the synagogue, which was the place of public worship for the Jews of that day. They would gather to read the law, and they would have one of the teachers expound the truths of the Old Testament. Luke 4.16 says, and he, that is Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. Where he had been raised, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now, we know that most of the boyhood of Jesus is a mystery to us, but this tells us one thing about him. He was raised in Nazareth, and he was in the habit of going to church. Jesus honored church, and it says it was his custom. When he was 12, 13, 14, 15, a young boy, Jesus went into the synagogue. He attended the church of his day, and he listened to the Word of God read. And he, in this instance, is the one who stood up to read the Word of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ was in the habit of going to church. His way of life was to go to church, to regularly go to the church of his day. Now, if it was customary for Jesus Christ to engage in public worship, and to go to the, 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 the gathering of God's people to hear God's Word read, then shouldn't we also follow his example? And Satan doesn't want you following Jesus' example. He wants you to be like the world. He wants you to treat the church like the world treats the church. They don't care. They don't respect it. They don't honor it. They do nothing to bless the church. But God's people ought to be the antithesis of that. We ought to be the total opposite. We ought to be those who are there to glorify God, there to shout when the word is read, there to honor him in the house of the Lord. We need to bring respect to the house of God. I'm going to tell you, let me just preach to you for a second here. With Islam, radical Islam, encroaching into every nation of the world, knocking on the door of every society, It's time for God's people to quit playing church. Come on, everybody. And realize that if we don't stand up and speak up and start being the Christians, the Bible shows us being, we could lose every liberty that we've got. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get into the house of God and worship Him. Let His praises reach to the heavens. Let it go out this way and then that way. And let everybody know that there is one God who sent His only begotten Son, and He is worthy of our worship. And I'm going to lift Him up. I'm going to lift Him up. I'm going to lift Him up. Now, there's another reason Satan doesn't want you in church, and it's because in church you're gonna hear God's word preached. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now, I'm gonna tell you what we need during the week is we need our faith to be increased. I read the Bible not to be spiritual, but I read the Bible to increase my faith. Because every day my faith is under attack. Every day I'm up against the spirits, the demon spirits of this world. Every day I do battle in the spirit realm. And faith comes by hearing God's Word. We're very, very, very uh, 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 aware of the need to keep our cars filled with gasoline. We'll go out of our way to go fill the car with gasoline because we know if we don't, we're going to run out. We ought to be the same way with our faith. Any chance you get to build your faith, you ought to take it. The Holy Spirit has appointed pastors to oversee and feed the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time the church meets for worship, the pastor has the solemn responsibility of nourishing the saints of God with the Word of God. I'm not here today to tell you my thoughts. I'm here to build you up in the faith. I'm here to preach you into joy. I'm here to preach you into victory. I'm here to cancel satanic assignments with the preaching of the Word of God. The Bible says he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now, listen closely to the reason God gave pastors to preach the Word. At the end of every benefit that I'm going to read to you, the benefits that come from hearing the Word of God preached in church, I'm going to summarize the result. I'm reading out of Ephesians 4, verse 12. Paul begins, The pastor's responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. What is the result? The discovery of your spiritual gift. Paul goes on, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. The blessings, the results of preaching, unity and maturity. Then Paul continues measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. What do you get out of hearing God's word? Christ's likeness. Paul goes on. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. The result of hearing the word? Spiritual stability. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies, so clever they sound like the truth. What is the result of hearing the word? Discernment. Instead, Paul goes on, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body the church. What is the result of listening to the Word when you come to church? Growing in God's love. No wonder Satan doesn't want you in church. Listen to this. Purpose, unity, maturity, Christlikeness, stability, discernment, and growth in love are all blessings that come upon the faithful churchgoer who regularly hears the Word of the Lord. Can we give God a hand of praise? Here's what the attitude of every church member ought to be when we come together on Sunday mornings. It's found in Acts 10.33 and Wednesday nights. Now we are all here, they said to the apostles. Now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. We ought to come with anticipation. We're here. We can't wait to hear the word of the Lord. We're here. We can't wait to worship him. We're excited. Amen. First Peter 2 says, like newborn babies, you ought to crave pure spiritual milk, so you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. This is why, hear me today, Satan will do everything he can to bring you and your spouse into a fight on Saturday night. How many of you know what the Saturday night fights are? (laughs) Everything's fine all week long. Then she says something or he says something And you got a Saturday night fight. Have you ever stopped and wondered where that came from since you're a church-going person on a Sunday morning? Satan doesn't want you in church. He wants you to wake up mad at each other, growling at each other, going your separate ways, and, and, and to stop you from getting to church and bringing your kids to church so that you won't get blessed and will not grow. That's why there are so many Sunday morning emergencies why the kids get sick, the dog gets lost, you feel extra tired or unusually blue, Well, I just think I'll stay home this week? No! Get to church! Fight the devil! I was talking to somebody last night, and he said to me, I can't remember the last time I missed a Sunday morning church. I will not miss Sunday morning church. I'm going to get fed the Word of God. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to get built up in my faith. You show me somebody who comes regularly to church, and I'll show you somebody who has at least a moderate level of success in their Christian life. You can't help it if you get the Word of God. There's another reason Satan doesn't want you in church. The church-going Christian is an example to others. I want you to hear me on this one. The church-going Christian is an example to others. Every time we faithfully attend the house of the Lord, we're providing a proper example to our children, to other believers, and the lost world at large. Every time we engage in public worship, we're declaring to everyone our allegiance and loyalty to the cause of Christ. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Let your light shine in such a way that people can see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And what better way than to get up, get the kids dressed, get yourself dressed, get your Bible in your hands, walk out the door where the whole neighborhood sees you. Where are they going? They're going to church church. God matters enough to them that they got out of bed to come to church on a rainy day. Amen. Always remember that somebody who knows of your confession, somebody who knows what you've said about Christianity in your life is watching to see just how much your faith has changed you. Friends are watching. Relatives are watching you. Even lost people will scoff at a man's religion if it doesn't have enough power to take him to church. There's one last reason Satan will fight you from coming to church. We go to church to fellowship with Jesus. We go to church to fellowship with Jesus. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and the Bible says he's in attendance every time we meet. Did you know that? Or two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I. The book of Revelation in chapter two reveals that he walks in the midst of his churches and he knows the work of every one of them. Revelations names seven churches and after naming each one by name, he says, I know your works. I walk in the midst of my churches. I wanna tell you, he's walking up and down among these aisles today. Jesus has gathered here with us. We are not here alone. He said, if you gather together in my name, not for religion, but in my name, not because of some personality, but in my name, if your motive has been my name, then there am I in the midst of you, walking up and down among the aisles, touching hearts, ministering to lives, winning souls, healing the sick raising the spiritual dead. I'm there in the church, the same Jesus who walked the earth. I'm there in the presence of my spirit, by means of the Holy Ghost. I am in the presence of my churches. The Bible says unto him, be glory in the church. So the church experiences the glory of God. Jesus has promised to meet with us every time we come together in his name, every single time. And so when we come to church, we're saying, Lord, it matters enough to me to get where you are, where the saints have gathered, because I want to fellowship with Jesus. And you know what I know about you? You're here because you're hungry for Jesus. You wouldn't be here on a rainy day, on Father's Day, when you could have stayed in bed unless you were hungry for Jesus. He has touched your heart. And now that you have tasted of the good things to come, the powers to come, and of the Holy Ghost, nothing else will do. You had to have your fix. And I understand that. I love coming together, and I can tell when he has come. And he's here today, and he's ministering to our hearts. Let me summarize. Salvation has changed you. God has commanded us to be in church. We're to glorify him in church. Jesus modeled church attendance. We need to hear the word preached. We need instruction for living. And we attend church to fellowship with him. Amen. Amen. No wonder Satan doesn't want you in church. But I don't care what Satan wants or doesn't want. I'm saying, army of the living God, let's rally. Let's rally and worship him with every breath we've got. And lift him up high. Amen? Can we stand together? <clears throat> How many of you know somebody that could use this CD? Don't be preachy. You just go up throw it on their front porch and walk away. I have a burden for people who have gotten out of church. I have a burden about it. Lord, we just thank you that there is great blessing in attending local church because this is where you meet with us. Father, we praise you and thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for being with us in the assembly of the saints. Thank you, Lord, for a really strongly attending church. We thank you, Lord God, for believers who... Take the time and trouble to come and worship you. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Touch those who are out there hurt, who are out there bleeding, who are out there offended, who are out there, Lord, and need to be resurrected by your life. Speak to them that they're missing great blessing when they don't come to church. In Jesus' name, let's sing before we go. Steve, lead us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. This is the Lord's church. Yes, Lord. I let Jesus in